Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast coming at you on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Logan Green, our uh, Treasure Valley resident expert. Logan, what's up? Hey, Brandon. Just, you know, just living life here. Yeah, just, that's... Uh, I feel like it's so busy the first week of you know, it's like just the beginning right of everything and it just seems like everything's every sports beginning everything needs to to happen and uh it's a fun time though yeah we had a lot of uh exciting football volleyball soccer action that took place this past week um so let's let's just dive right into it i think yeah. the the biggest, I don't know if I glitched out there for a second or not. <laughs> did, did you lose me, Logan? No, I think I heard you. Okay, yeah. cool. My uh, my computer like froze up. I have too many tabs open, I guess. I'm a serial tab opener. I know. So. My wife, she she like gets, she almost wants to, anytime she looks at my phone, she's like, why are there 80 Google Chrome tabs open? I'm like, I might need that tab that I looked at six months ago. You just never know. You just, yeah. You just never know. Hey, better to hoard on the computer than in real life. That's right. So that's right. Okay, yeah. Let's let's recap what happened in in week zero for football because there was a lot of Treasure Valley teams uh, that were playing. And again, this is a weekly breakdown of five A all the way down to one A D two for District three. Uh, you can get audio only versions of this podcast at IdahoSports.com and wherever you download your podcast video version as well at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. I think the biggest thing that jumped out to me. Uh, from week zero was Homedale getting to debut yeah. on this brand new turf, playing a Laguna Beach, California team that went 10 and two a year ago. And they absolutely destroyed Laguna I, Beach. Yeah, there, there's no other way to say it. And we can say that because they're from California, right? So it's okay <laughs> to, um, we, we can talk junk about them. I'm just kidding. Homedale just, I, you know, there's no other way to say it. they just they creamed them. They smashed them. They ran right through them. You say, you know what? Oh, you guys lost Hayden Kinchlow. Nah, you're going to lose some pieces. Ah, no, no big deal. We'll just throw somebody else in and they'll be just fine. And, you know, and, and Jackson Dines, I know I, he was phenomenal. And it, who the, they put in there, Fisher at running back, I think, yeah. replaced Kinchlow. He comes out and scores like six touchdowns, something like that. Just I don't know. They, are they the new pick? I mean, not the new pick, but are they after that? Are they the top dog now back in 3A again? Like, are they the talk? Is, is that where the rumble starts? I don't know, but it's very impressive what they did. And that new field, you know, just kind of feels special for Homedale right at this moment, at least. Yeah, number one in all the polls, uh, tied for first in the preseason conference coaches poll with Weezer, and uh, Weezer didn't play last week, so now it's now it's Weezer's turn to go out. Right. And um, of course, Weezer's only going to care about what they're doing; they're not going to pay attention to what what Homedale's doing until they actually play Homedale. What was what was the more impressive uh, performance from this game, Logan? Trenton Fisher scoring six rushing touchdowns, or was it Jackson Dines going a perfect twelve for twelve passing? He didn't he didn't miss a throw all night. No, and Homedale traditionally, and this is what I thought held up Homedale last year in the state playoffs, is when they played Sugar Salem, they just couldn't throw the ball like they wanted to. You know, that, that was a piece that was missed, at least from my point of view, that they were so run-reliant on Kinchlow, and it, it worked great. But when you get in the playoffs, you got to have a little bit more. 
And so having that, I think, bodes extremely well. I think it's a good sign, but I think the better performance, I don't know if you saw any highlights of the game, but Fisher wasn't just, you know, picking up three or four yards, not being touched or, or scooting out of bounds. He was he was leveling people. He had people on his back, shaking them off, running through players to get those yards. I, I mean, I just think overall from what I saw that, at least from what I saw, I wasn't there. So I don't, I, I can't, you know, say this one was better, but man, I, from what I saw from those runs from Fisher, extremely impressive what he was doing on the ground in terms of fighting through contact and getting through tackles. Uh, it, if you can't bring him down, it's going to be tough to stop. Even if you can shut down the pass game, which clearly Laguna Beach couldn't do. But if you can, you're going to have to bring Fisher down, and Laguna Beach could not bring him down. Yeah, it was uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, Homedale wasn't the only 3A team competing this past weekend. Payette played Caldwell on Saturday. Caldwell, we've talked about, they're playing an independent schedule this year at the 4A level, which means they're not. Uh, a full-fledged member of the Southern Idaho Conference. And uh, you can see that, you know, playing a 3A team like Payette, Caldwell, uh, you know, gave it their best effort, but Payette comes away with the 23-7 to win, which I think um, gives us a clue as to why Caldwell didn't feel comfortable right. doing a full-fledged schedule. Right. And, you know, this is what I was saying in my broadcast. It's very hard in week zero or week one to, to tell – is that more indicative of Caldwell not being up there, or is it more indicative of Payette being very good? It's hard to tell one week in, zero weeks in, you know, after one game where everybody's at. We'll see where it shakes out. But I think it is kind of what we think that that Caldwell's still struggling. But you know, Payette was only a game away from the state tournament a year ago. So, you know, our, our Kansas City playoff away from making the state tournament. So, you know, maybe, maybe Payette, I think they would take um slide at that and say, you know what, it's just that we're good. Um, and so, you know, we'll find out more as it goes along, but I think it's a probably a little combination of both. Yeah, so a nice 1-0 start for Payette as well. Let's jump down to the 2A Western Idaho Conference real quickly. Coal Valley Christian, uh, the preseason favorite in that conference, uh, opened up their season on the road in Wendell. It was kind of a back-and-forth game, which, you know, is to be expected in Week 0, but Coal Valley does get the win 34-21. to All we heard from Coach Mark Moreno was, uh, we're no longer the team that's going to spread it out and sling the ball around. We're going to be ground and pound and really feature, you know, Lincoln uh, G in the backfield. He did score two touchdowns, but Dalton Kranz also threw two touchdowns through the air on a couple of screen passes. So, you know, Cole Valley looks like they've got the balance going a little bit. I think they might have some of the best jerseys in the state, too. <laughs> they've been putting out images of their stuff, and it is it's on point. They are nice. They're, they're fresh. I guess that's what the kids say. I don't know. They, they look really nice. Just the all white um, with the blue trim. I, I love them. They look great. Yeah, it, it was a nice uh, opener for Cole Valley Christian playing in week zero. And their mantra kind of is we'll play anybody anytime, anywhere, because they don't have a home field per se, right? They don't have right. any facilities at Cole Valley Christian. They kind of play wherever they can get in. So uh, a one no start for the Chargers there. Uh, 4A, let's quickly talk about what happened at the 4A level. I think the only team that played was Skyview. Let me double check that. Skyview went on the road to yeah. Elko, Nevada, and uh, ended up dropping the game 61-35. to Skyview's a team that, that got a lot of preseason buzz. They were actually ranked fifth in the yeah. first media poll of the year. I, I personally didn't vote for Skyview. Um, to me, they got a 
prove it to me first, but um, this I don't think we can take too much away from this non-conference loss. Yeah, and here's the thing, though, Brandon. Last year, Middleton played Elko, um, so I'm just going off of that, and I was there for that game at Middleton, and um, Elko, a team very limited in what they could do. They ran you know, that tight triple option type offense, very limited couple of plays running the ball and that they didn't ever really throw it. And Middleton kind of shut it down. And, and that was a team that we can talk about them later that struggled against the run last year. But uh, at least from what I know, that's what Elko liked to do at least last season. So it kind of, it honestly surprised me to see Skyview not only lose, but lose this badly. Again, I'm just going off of one game from a year ago. Uh, like you said, don't know what we can take away from it yet, um, but at least in my mind, it's a little concerning to have seen that. Yeah, and we'll see how Skyview bounces back here in week one. All right, 5A was by far the busiest um, group, biggest classification in, in week zero. Logan, you actually were on a call for two different games on IdahoSports.com, one Friday night, one yeah. Saturday. Which, which one do you want to start with, Logan? Let's start with the first one that happened, right? So Middleton, Rocky Mountain, that was the game we did Friday night at Middleton. Uh, it, it was great. It was awesome. The weather in the Treasure Valley was a little weird Friday night. So there was, I could see, so Middleton High School is up on the hill above Middleton and it overlooks, when you're up on top of the Eagle's Nest at Middleton, I mean, you can, I can see the lights at Owyhee that we're on for the Owyhee Madison game. Right. So, so I can see that you can see different stadiums around the Valley on up there. So it's kind of cool, but you could see storms rolling through. Luckily, nothing, nothing nailed us there in Middleton, but um, coming into the game, I had a lot of people ask me, you know, I, I was walking around getting stuff and I, I, I live in Middleton. So I know a lot of people in the community and, and stopping me throughout, you know, while I was setting up, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? And, and and my thought was, let's see. I thought it was going to be the the story of Rocky Mountain's run game versus Middleton's defense because you had contrasting levels there. You had Rocky Mountain's run game a year ago that was extremely good, and Middleton's defense that was not. And it turned out that that was not the story. It just and my thought was too. Middleton was replacing a quarterback, and how was that going to go? Kai McClure a year ago, extremely good. Very good. Middleton could throw the ball deep. So, turns out there was four touchdowns scored in that game. It was 21 to 7 in favor of Rocky Mountain. Rocky's three touchdowns came in a five minute window. That was it. Like, really outside of that, Middleton's defense, I thought, was very good against the run. I mean, they really shut it down. All three of Rocky's touchdowns came through the air. Tegan Sweeney, he's the real deal at quarterback for Rocky Mountain. Very good. And then C.J. Jacobson, he caught the first touchdown in the back of the end zone, tiptoed the line, wasn't sure if he was going to make it in, but somehow he gets it down. You can see why Division One coaches are glamoring at him, which, by the way, this is the one he should pick right here, NC State. Uh, it's on my shirt. That NC State did not pay me to endorse them on the air. That That's personal. That's personal. Um, but so the thing is, again, is Rocky not as good as we thought, or is Middleton better? And that's where I I thought Middleton was not last. And I came on last week and I said Middleton will not finish last, like they came out in the preseason, the the coaches' rankings for the conference. And I and I'm going to stick to it. They are not going to finish last. Now that said, they struggle to throw the ball. 
Decker Hagler was the quarterback. I thought they needed to, to make a switch. They did put in cash weeks at quarterback for one drive. He went three and out, and it was all on the ground, really. He hit a receiver in the chest, and he dropped it. Um, so I, they just do not have – and that's not a disrespect to either one of those guys. It's They don't have the ability to go deep. They don't. They do. They are not going to throw it deep. And Rocky Mountain respected that. And they said, you know what? Go deep on us. We're going to stack the box and you will not run on us. And that defense for Rocky Mountain just shut it down. Nothing. Middleton had like a 70-yard run on the first play from scrimmage and then struggled to get first downs the rest of the night. Like that one play, and then they had one good drive. But on the converse, Rocky Mountain, they never put together a long scoring drive. So that kind of surprised me too from them. A lot of their scores were short drive. Th- you know, they scored three touchdowns. Some of them were short drives. One of them was one play, forty yards. So it, you know, so I don't know. I'm just rambling on here. It, we'll see what how it actually goes. But I thought Middleton's defense looked good. Rocky Mountain's passing game looked good. Um, outside of that, Middleton's offense needs some help. Rocky Mountain's run game, I didn't see much of it. We'll see if it evolves as the season goes. But Middleton was able to kind of keep them in check with that. Rocky Mountain had a, they went for it on fourth down a couple times in the red zone and just could not punch it in. So, so that was a little concerning from Rocky Mountain's side as well. So, you know, we'll see. I still think Rocky Mountain's pass game, Sweeney can put the ball where he wants to put it when he wants to put it there. So that, that's going to be dangerous. So we'll, we'll see when these two play other teams, how they match up and how that, you know, was it more Middleton? Was it more Rocky Mountain? We'll find out. But it was a good game. It was fun to see how those stories unfolded. Yeah, it's weird how you think coming into a game, it's going to be this strength versus this strength, and it ends up being the complete opposite. That's kind of funny for sure. Um, Rocky Mountain, Tegan Sweeney is such a good quarterback. He, yeah. He never makes a mistake. He never, he never, he's like, I, he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers in the NFL where he's got such great accuracy. He's going to put the ball exactly where he wants it to. And he just never allows the defense to make a play on him. He's he's so good. I've been so impressed watching him. Um, Rocky. And and the other thing is he had all the time in the world in the back. That Rocky mountain offensive line, which kind of surprised me that they couldn't run the ball better because Sweeney had all day back there. He couldn't sat in a lawn chair. You know, he just, he had all the time in the world. Middleton started to get a little more pressure towards the end of the game and he got uncomfortable, but he, man, that offensive line for Rocky mountain is just, they're big and tough, big and tough. Yeah. 10, 10 of 14 for 249 yards and three touchdowns for Tegan Sweeney. That's pretty good efficiency. That's, that's a high yards per attempt there. 249 yards on just 14 passes. That means he was connected on some deep throws. So that was impressive. To see, and I think uh, Rocky's defense is so good that if they mm-hmm. score twenty-one points most weeks, they're probably going to be coming out on top. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll see. But uh, you're right; I think Middleton's going to be better than than people thought that they would be. And uh, as we turn the page to your game, you called on Saturday. Uh, Boise really came out and made a yeah. big statement against Timberline in a twenty-seven to nothing shutout. And the Brave, I think, are going to be better than people yeah, anticipated. Yeah. So coming in, I was there with Ryan Luke, and and we're doing the game, and you could Timberline was bigger than Boise, without a doubt. The line was bigger, both you know, on both sides, and we kind of commented it on it early, just saying they're going to have to really get out, of, get at it to get through this line. And my goodness, they did. 
And the Boise line, they might be undersized on paper and to the naked eye, but they were much better. They were getting in the backfield. They were sacking Timberline. The the, the Wolves had to change quarterbacks throughout the game. Uh, just couldn't get it done. The defense was extremely good. Early on in the game, Boise was backed up. So bad field position for the Brave. Just really chipped away at that. So slowly did not make a mistake. And that was what I thought was most impressive is they did not make a mistake. They just let it come to them. So about midway through the second quarter, they, you know, Timberline ended up shanking a punt and giving a very short field to Boise. And, you know, they just slowly chipped away and got that short field out of it. And then they scored. And then the the next drive, Timberline fumbles deep in the zone. They score again. And then they score on the last play of the half. Uh, made it 20 to zero at halftime. If anybody had that, I'm taking you to Vegas with me. That Boise would lead Timberline 20 to zero at halftime. And then they scored one more late in the game to put it away. But I thought Cooper Smith, quarterback for Boise, did an extremely good job at just maintaining the game. He ran the ball when he needed to. He did not do anything crazy. He stayed on his feet when he, he, he was very shifty in the backfield. We, we were saying, I don't think Smith is. Michael Vick back there. He's not, you know, Lamar Jackson where he's going to run. He's going to outrun anybody in a race, but he can stay on his feet and he's athletic back there. And he's going to pick up the yards he needs to pick up when he needs to. There was a couple third downs where they gave, they let him just keep it and he'd pick up the first down or he'd put it in the hands of the receiver. Um, you could see Boise adjust as the game went along. They, they started off just throwing really short screens Um and Timberline was eating it up, and they kind of adjusted as they went along, opened up the field a little more, and were very successful. So the Brave, they looked good. Again, it's week zero. We don't know what to take of it. If if Boise was very good or Timberline just wasn't as good as people thought, we'll see when they play others. But the Brave, at least from what I saw, are, are going to be a problem for people. They're not going to be the easy out that they've been in the past. Yeah, I think Mike Altieri's done a pretty phenomenal job in his yeah. short time as head coach there of really turning around a program that it was just in the absolute pits. So um, and the, and that, the numbers for Boise, like they had a full sideline, and you know that's been a problem. Like with with Parma, we mentioned it, where you know this the the buy-in isn't high, but I tell you, it seemed very high on that Boise sideline. Tons of brave players, which maybe we haven't seen in the past out of them, but huge team over there for them. Yeah, and, and Parma did have enough players to uh, save right. their season. So with, that was uh, big, exciting news for Parma, for sure. Uh, the other 5A games that happened, uh, Meridian defeated Eagle 36-14. to and I don't think that the fact that Meridian won was a surprise, but maybe how, how dominant they looked in that win. Yeah, just plowed through them, right? Just kept it, and I think they did it mostly on the ground. Um, just really put it to them. Meridian, of course, last year was so close to being in a state championship game uh, just so close at triple overtime loss to Rigby. Um, and then Rigby goes on and wins it. So I think in a lot of Meridian players and fans and communities minds, they think that was, we were this close to winning a state championship that we were. And I think that I don't think they're wrong in saying that. Um, and I don't think that it's out of the question that they're in that top tier this year. You know, that top four, I think the top four in the 5A, people say Rigby, Rocky, Mountain View, and I think Meridian is in that conversation. Yeah, Meridian uh, wasn't uh, 
in the top five in last week's media poll. Eagle was five, and now they've kind of flip-flopped, and now Meridian is the fifth-ranked team. So everyone's going to go, oh, boy, Eagle. They're not as good as we thought. Eagle's going to be just fine. Eagle's going to yeah, be a right, good team. Right. They, they just played a really good Meridian team. Right. So, you know, Mustang fans don't have anything to worry about there. Bora shut out Capital 21 to nothing. Uh, Bora is a team that's been getting a lot of preseason buzz in terms of, you know, be on the lookout for these guys. Parker Rushton is back at running back. Corbin McCarney at quarterback played really well. He threw three touchdown passes in the victory. Two of them went to Trace Freeman and then Rushton caught the third. And the defense pitched a shutout uh, against a pretty stout Capital team. Yeah, so how about that for the Boise School District? Two games, two shutouts. Um, <laughs> so I think I saw some stat somewhere that it was like the first time Bora had shut out capital and forever for a long, long time. So it's not every day, you know, this, it's almost like it's flipping in the Boise school district, right? That capital had kind of been the top dog for a long time. And now Boise looking good and Bora looking good. So yeah, interesting to see what's happened at least in week one there. Yep, and Hawaii starts the year 1-0 as well with a 13-7 win over Madison. The Bobcats uh, had more yardage than Hawaii, but the Storm did a nice job of forcing a couple of turnovers. Their defense bent but didn't break necessarily, and for a young Storm program, uh, huge starting 1-0, that, that's huge for Coach Sherm Blazer in that program. Huge, and special teams too, right? It was 13-7. The difference is two field goals uh, from the foot of the Hawaii kicker, right? So... Because Hawaii is able to boot those through, we you know special teams is what got Highland to a state championship last year. Um, I, I, Rocky Mountain and Eagle don't want to talk about that, but <laughs> they, it's what happened, right? Is is Ian Hershey was able to to kick those field goals and kick them out of the tournament, and you got to be able to kick field goals and and having a kicker like Hawaii does being able to boot those two through to get the win, uh, you know they don't always get the. We always talk about them when they kick a one at the last second or they miss one at the last second. But, you know, those ones throughout the middle of the third quarter, they are crucial and it paid off for them. And to beat a playoff team, it wasn't just like Madison was just some team, right? That's a team that made the playoffs a year ago. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they were the only team to beat Rigby last year. So it's not, you know, Madison is a, a good team. It wasn't like they, they had brought some two A school up and beat them. Um, so impressive win for the storm. Yeah, that, that was uh, a big, a big win for Hawaii. And uh, the kicking game was a big factor in Eagles playoff win at Coeur d'Alene last year as well. They had to go all the way up to Coeur d'Alene and, and got the, the knockout there on the road. So yeah, you're right. Special teams, very important. Let's, let's look at what's coming up on the schedule this week for football. And then we'll dive into the other fall sports. Um, now that we're in week one, just about everybody is, is going to get going here, Logan. Um, yep. In terms of 5A games, you have Capital hosting Bishop Kelly. That's a 5A, 4A matchup. Uh, Timberline will be taking on Bora at Donna Larson Park. You've got a Waihee matching up with Centennial. The uh, Patriots started the year 0-1 as well. We should mention that Centennial lost to CUNA 28-3. Right. Um, Cole Lukanga at CUNA is one of the most underrated, underhyped players in the state he's a great quarterback for Kuna, yeah so and that was another team that got picked low in cuna and they and centennial was picked you know i think middle of the pack this year but ooh, cuna looks good too so a lot yes. of lot lot going on <laughs> yeah definitely that that middle of the sic is going to be fantastic to see how that yeah. develops um so yeah why he is at centennial that's that's the team 
they played last year in in the season opener and um, Centennial won in a pretty lopsided game. So I know why he's looking for revenge there. Um, in other 5A games, a game that will be broadcast on IdahoSports.com. You've got Skyview, a 4A, taking on CUNA, a 5A. Uh, how does Skyview rebound from that opening loss? And can CUNA keep that momentum rolling? That'll be on IdahoSports.com Friday night at 7 o'clock. Um, you've got Middleton taking on Nampa. The two new 5A teams will play each other. It's the uh, season debut for Nampa. And then to me, the the two and, and Boise is at Ridgeview as well. That's a season opener for Ridgeview and a one and Obray team. And then to me, the two really big outstanding matchups are a non-conference battle between Rocky Mountain and Coeur d'Alene. The Grizzlies will host the Vikings, a Vikings team that got shut out by Rigby. Yeah. And then, and then of course, you've got the rivalry game Mountain View at Meridian. That's also going to be a fantastic battle. Yeah, those two right there, you know, I, I think I think Rocky's going to take care of business just from going off of what happened in that Rigby shut out Coeur d'Alene, and I think people thought the transfer of power might be happening with um, – or the Rigby and Coeur d'Alene in that game. But you, I mean, you were there for that one. Seems like Rigby took care of business. And from what I saw, Rocky Mountain took care of business. And, you know, one plus one equals two. So, I, again, they're going to play it on the field and find out. But that Mountain View-Rocky Mountain game could be, or Mountain View, excuse me, Mountain View Meridian could be one of the best games all season. And it comes in week one. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to, it's going to, have ripple effects throughout the rest of the season and it, even playoff standings. It will matter. This week one game will matter for both teams in a huge way. Yes, it will definitely loom large um, for a schedule this week. We mentioned a, a couple of games, you know, Bishop Kelly's going to be at capital. Um, here's an interesting one. We're going to be bringing you on IdahoSports.com. The Emmett Huskies will host the Blackfoot Broncos. Blackfoot was a 4A semifinalist a year ago. Emmett won the 4A SIC last year and then was upset right away. So Emmett's a team that's looking to rebound. And this this could be a potential playoff preview down the line. Yeah, I think Emmett kind of sliding under the radar. Really, nobody's really talking about the Huskies that much. And I think they're okay with that. I think they are okay just sliding under and having nobody notice them. And then they'll come up and end up in the state championship like they did a couple years ago. Um, but that's a huge cross state matchup for week one. Should be a fun game to see again. That's on Idaho sports. Again, you can watch multiple game. I don't know if you actually can still do that, but you know, you can just be sure to check out, you like open this game, open another check around, jump around. We're not offended. Um, you know, jump around, see what's going on around the state. Um, just a couple of big games on Idaho sports this weekend. Not a couple, a lot. There, there's a lot. This is our busiest broadcast weekend of the year. And if you want to see everything that we're broadcasting, click on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. So you've got Bishop Kelly at Capitol, Blackfoot at Emmett, uh, Canyon Ridge will play Caldwell. Uh, we talked about Skyview Cuna already. Um, another interesting one, and we talked about Boise Ridgeview. Uh, Twin Falls will be at Valley View. This is the season opener for both of those teams, and, and both of these squads have guys on the 4A postseason this year. Should be uh, an interesting opener between two teams that love to run the football. Yeah, and you know Valley View last year makes the state playoffs, wins a game in the state playoffs. You got to think that the Falcons are riding high after how last season ended, and we I think we hit on it last week. There's something like only 22 teams in 4A and 16 are going to make the state tournament. 
And, you know, you, you can already count off Caldwell from that list playing the way they're, you know, playing their independent schedule. So only five teams are going to not roughly know what's the math there. I don't know. Seven, eight teams roughly are not going to make the playoffs. So if you're a four, a team and you can be average, you're going to have a chance to play in November. Probably. Yeah. Officially it's 16 of 23, uh, 16 of 23. So we'll make it yeah. 16 of 22. No, no, no. So that's that including Caldwell. That's including Caldwell. So there's 24 four okay. a schools. So Caldwell's that seven out, so. teams are not going to make it in. Right. So, I mean, if you can just, there's a lot of opportunity there and you just never know when you get in. So yeah, if you can just perform okay <laughs> at the four, a you'll be there. <laughs> Yep, for sure. Uh, Columbia also in action. Uh, they will host 3A Fruitland. Each of those teams led by new head coaches, Dane Cook at Fruitland and Charlie Dotson at Columbia. That should be pretty interesting. The rest of the 3A schedule this week, you've got McCall Donnelly traveling to Wood River. Wood River got thumped by South Fremont in their Well, not thumped, but they lost 22 to 8. So Wood River's 0 and 1, uh, trying 3A football for the first time. Uh, Payette is at New Plymouth in a pretty interesting. A three A two A battle, and then another game we're going to be bringing you on IdahoSports.com. And to me, this is one of the more you know important games that's not getting a lot of buzz. Buell at Weezer, the defending three A champions, and Buell very highly regarded. They were picked to win their conference this year in the yeah. preseason coaches poll. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a a two playoff teams from a year ago, and I I think they even played each other if I'm not mistaken last year in the playoffs. Weezer obviously wins it on their way to the state championship, but this is a different Weezer team than last year. They're missing some pieces, so they're going to have to try and fill those. Any, no one's saying that Weezer is not going to be successful this year. Obviously, I mean, I I agree they'll be very good, but they got to learn. They have to figure out how to play as a new unit, right? Without Brett Spencer back there, quarterback for the first time in a couple years, and it's going to be hard. You know, it, it you don't have a lay-in game right for week one. Right, you have to play a Buell team that's going to come over. That, like you mentioned, Brandon, sneaky. That people like this season. That people are high on, and Buell can sneak in there and win that thing if they play well. And you know, I'm excited. I'll be there for that one. Be sure to check it out on Idaho Sports. Should be a fun matchup at the 3A level. Yep, that should be a fantastic one. Uh, Friday night, seven o'clock. Um, and then. To the 2A ranks, we've got a lot of appetizing games here as well. We talked about Payette's going to travel to New Plymouth. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, Marcin's going to make their season debut. They will travel to Orofino to take on the Maniacs. That uh, Both teams in rebuilding mode, so that could be a winnable game for Marcin. Um, you've got Elko, who just blew the, blew the doors off of yeah. Skyview. They're not going to turn around and play Melba. So we'll see. We'll see how the Mustangs yeah. do against it. Elko. That could be a great game, to be honest. You know, if um, yeah, and I mean, you no, know, that'll give us some gauge on Skyview and Melba, right? Like depending on how that one goes. So yeah, that that should be a fun one to see. Definitely. Um, Coal Valley Christian is going to host Grangeville. Grangeville has won their league up north the last couple of years, but. Uh, may be in danger of that now that Kellogg has moved down to the 2A ranks. And then to me, the most interesting 2A matchup this week is Declo at Nampa Christian, a pair of conference champions from a year ago and two teams that should be back in the playoffs again this year. Yeah, I think this will be a playoff match, you know, a playoff preview of two teams that will be there. And so this is a great gauge stick to where you to where you stand week one after where you finished last year. Um, Declo always in the mix. 
always. Um, until Westside came over and took over, it was always Declo um, that was always winning state championships at the 2A. So great chance for Nampa Christian to see where they stand as well um, after winning the, the conference last year and making a run in the playoffs. To the 1A D1 level, uh, the Notice Pirates are competing in the uh, Idaho 8-man Classic at uh, Middleton on Saturday. They'll play the first game, actually, at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. By the way, IdahoSports.com bringing you all three games from the eight-man classic. It's a great yearly tradition. Paul Kingsbury, Will Henneke will be on the call. And for that first game, Notice is going to take on the defending 1AD2 state champion, Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick lost one player from their championship team last year. This will be a tough test for Notice. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I know Kendrick is a, is a D2 school, but man, they are, they're good. And like you said, only losing a player from a year ago uh, from a season where they didn't lose any games. Um you got to think that it's going to be, you know, <laughs> wash, rinse, repeat, or whatever it is the saying goes, um, that, that that they're just going to roll through. And Kendrick, uh, you know, I, I from what I've heard, they look just as good as they did a year ago. So a, a great op- – and you know what? I think this is what Notice needs. Um, we've seen Notice win the conference a couple years in a row and do it pretty handily, right? Really not even close. And then they get to the playoffs and, and they lose to a team that, you know, they lose at home to a lighthouse Christian that wasn't even first in their league. Or, you know, last year, they, they last year a little different losing after the injury there at, um, at Holt Arena to Butte County. But um, I think it's good for them to get a test like this early. They're also going to welcome Clearwater Valley in a couple weeks too. And I, I think it's good for them to kind of get some of these big teams, get the experience. So the first time they're not seeing a top-level team is in November at the state tournament. Right. That's going to be good for notice uh, down the line. Other 1A D1 games, Hagerman will be at Greenleaf Friends. Uh, Greenleaf kind of a uh, hard reset, a very young team this year, and they're kind of co-oping with Gem State as well. We'll see how Greenleaf Friends does. Uh, Tri-Valley will travel to Idaho City. Those are two teams that will be fighting in their respective uh, classifications. Tri-Valley is a D2 school, Idaho City D1. Wilder is at Murtaugh in what should be an intriguing non-conference matchup. And Rimrock will host Dietrich, which is going to be a pretty good 1A D2 team, we think. So Rimrock a chance to maybe get an early Max Preps ranking boosting if they can beat Dietrich. Yeah, it would be huge to beat Dietrich. You know, the Blue Devils are always tough, and um, I might lean towards the Blue Devils in that one. But like you said, if if Rimrock pulls it off, you know, we talked about last year that this conference got the one bid, and Wilder had only lost two games to Notice and to Carey, who both – didn't lose in the regular season. And and so, you know, you say a team that only has two losses to undefeated teams, how do they not get in? Um, but then you see notice lose. So great opportunity for the conference to get some quality added to their schedules. And like you said, kind of pad that max preps, the notoriety, notor- notoriety to say. Definitely. Uh, 1AD2, we talked about Tri-Valley playing Idaho City. Um, You've got uh, Salmon River hosting Lewis County in a non-conference game. Council is actually going to travel to uh, Grangeville to play Logos in a neutral site game. That'll be Friday at 2 p.m. Actually, Saturday at 2 p.m. in Grangeville. Council will play Logos. That's a D2 against a D1. And then one conference game. 
on the schedule already out of the gates uh, because there are seven teams in the long pin conference now. So, you know, you're going to get into conference action pretty early. Horseshoe Bend will host Cascade. Now, it's been a couple of years since Cascade has had a team, but they have enough numbers and they want to try and compete as a full member of the long pin. And they're going to play Horseshoe Bend in the first conference game of the season Friday night. Yeah, we'll see how they shake out. It's always tough for some teams, you know, finally getting a team again and, and seeing where they stand. Hopefully it goes well for Cascade. Everybody's rooting for them to have a successful season and, and a full season, I guess to say. Um, hopefully it's not too smoky up there. They've had a couple fires right outside of Cascade the last couple weeks. But uh, hopefully the Rambles, Ramblers can show up. You know, they've, they've made state in basketball the last, you know, they made it last year, two years, three years ago, they made a run to the state championship game. So it's not like athletics is not, you know, in a prime spot in Cascade, it definitely is. They've got athletes. And so if they've got athletes that are used to winning in other sports, hopefully that can trickle down and and, and carry on to the football field as well for the Ramblers. For sure. Let's check in on soccer. Here are the standings right now as uh, the, in, at least at the 5A SIC level, conference play has already started. So Boise, CUNA, Mountain View, Timberline, Centennial are all 1-0 in league play to start the year. You've got Eagle, and Hawaii, who are each 0-0-1. and one. The Mustangs and Storm uh, earned a draw. Um, you've got Bora, Meridian, Nampa, Rocky Mountain, all 0-1. To me, the biggest story was on Monday night, Centennial defeated Rocky Mountain in girls soccer 2-1. to one. It was a phenomenal contest and really, you know, a great win for Centennial because this is a Rocky Mountain team that's uh, aiming to compete for the 5A championship this year. So way to go Centennial on that 2-1 to one victory. Yeah, Rocky Mountain seems to always turn out college athletes, no matter the sport, and girls' soccer is no different. So for Centennial to get the win there, um, I'm sure everybody else in the conference is like, all right, somebody knocking off Rocky Mountain. You know, it seems like there's three or four schools that are good at everything, and, and everybody else is just trying to knock them down, and Centennial on the way to doing so there. Yeah, other highlights from the girls' soccer slate. Um, Rocky Mountain actually played Boise uh, last Friday in a non-conference game. It didn't count towards the league standings, and for Rocky Mountain, that's a good thing because the Brave won four to nothing. CUNY Hirai scored twice for the Brave. Annie Liebich and Sammy Smith added goals as well. Boise is a team that's going to be really tough, and we'll have to keep an eye on them. The Brave are off to a great start. Yeah, good, good start in multiple sports for Boise. So looking like a good fall for them and across the board. Yeah, definitely. Other girls soccer highlights. Um, Ridgeview defeated Nampa eight to one. So that's a four a over a newly moved up five a program. Uh, Tylee quarters scored four times for Ridgeview. So four of Ridgeview's eight goals came from <laughs> Tylee quarters, which is right. uh, awesome to see Bishop Kelly girls soccer. Uh, of course, still the favorite in that conference. Um, and then this was kind of a big deal as well. If we drop down to the three a level Homedale is putting together a girls soccer program for the first time. Now they're not a full fledged member of the um, SRV, the snake river Valley conference. Uh, they're kind of doing uh, an independent schedule and they're going to play some of the league members and fill the schedule in other ways. They played Emmett in their season opener on Friday and they beat the Huskies four to one. This is an Emmett team. That's not chopped liver. They're a competitive four, a team and for Homedale competing in three, a girls soccer for the first time, a four to one win. That was outstanding to see. 
Yeah, for being that, yeah, like you said, it's a great start for the program. And now all of a sudden, Fruitland's looking behind their shoulders like, oh, no, this is our thing. Don't uh, don't come in here and take over. But <laughs> yeah. a great start to beat a 4A school, 4-1, to one, huge win. Um, and the first time you've, you've put that team out there. So just uh, like you said, just kind of crazy, great, great win for Homedale. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then if we look at boys soccer, the big matchup was Friday night. Uh, Timberline, who is uh, one of the 5A title favorites in boys soccer, playing Bishop Kelly, the defending 4A state champion in soccer. And Timberline gets a 3 nothing shutout. Jeremiah Moreno, Jake Anderson, and Zane Davis all score for the Wolves. And you go, okay, hey, Timberline's locked and loaded, ready to go. The very next day, Saturday, they play Bora, 0-0 draw. And that's the way soccer goes sometimes, right? right? So great job, Bora, though, getting the, you know, like, I mean, if you look at last season, uh, Timberline, I, you know, just makes a run through. And so for Bora to get a tie there, even though they were outshot, I think something like 10 to two or something like that in the game, it's, it's a great thing to come away with the tie. You could not score any goals, but still come away happy. So that's I guess that's a good thing about soccer. Yeah, the the draw probably felt uh, differently for Timberline and Bora. Right, Bora exactly. Ecstatic. Timberline probably a little disappointed. And then this was a cool story. Uh, Eagle defeats Middleton in their season opener three nothing, and Eagle had a lot of guys missing because you have to play. T- you have to get ten practices in before you can actually compete in varsity right. competition. And so, uh, Eagle had several players that had not reached that threshold yet for whatever reason. So they had to call up some guys from the JV, including a freshman, Trent Marlot. So this is a freshman who is playing mostly JV this season. He gets the call up for the first game of the year, and he ends up scoring a goal. How cool <laughs> is that? Yeah, at that point, do you just keep them, right? You can't yeah. go down to JV after that. Like, you can't uh, – you've gotten a taste of the glory. So, you don't <laughs> want to uh, – he wants it. He made the most – and that's fantastic. You know, you look at how many times in sports has that happened. Somebody gets a chance, they make the most of it, and they don't relinquish it. Yeah, that, I mean, that was just outstanding. Um and then let's wrap up with volleyball. You know, I've gotten lots of questions from people. Hey, where's volleyball? How come you guys aren't talking about volleyball? Well, it, it hasn't started yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, right. It's, so it finally gets going this weekend. And there, there's a lot of intriguing games uh, or matches, I should say, on the schedule. There's like a little quad match going on with Kimberly and uh, Buell from uh central part of the state and Parma and Homedale. That should be pretty interesting at the three a level. Um, the, you know, early on in the season, we see a lot of these quad matches and try matches where it'll be like three teams. all right. come and, and play each other. Um, of course, the big, the big storyline in volleyball is going to be Skyview. They were so dominant. If they were in five, a, I think they'd win the five, a title going away, but now <laughs> they've dropped down to four, a, which almost seems less fair, Yeah, but everybody in four, a just turned over and said, great. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Second. And so, so Skyview has scheduled uh, pretty aggressively in terms of, you know, they're going to go back and play in the Durango fall classic in Las Vegas, which is one of the signature tournaments in the entire West. Um, they've scheduled a couple of out of state tournaments in Utah as well. So Skyview fully expecting to uh, contend again, they actually will start their season at a tournament in Orem, Utah, where they're, they're going to take on some pretty good competition. They're going to play. And again, 
keep in mind, Utah schools get a two-week head jump on the Idaho schools. So Utah volleyball teams have already been playing for a couple weeks. Um, so Skyview is coming in fresh. They're going to play in a Utah tournament. Um, CUNA is hosting their annual CUNA Classic this weekend. There's going to be a lot of good teams there, 5A and 4A squads, and some are coming from East Idaho to compete in that as well. So the CUNA Classic will take place this weekend. Um, you've got Middleton taking on Bishop Kelly. Uh, former conference rivals. That'll be a non-conference game. That should be pretty interesting. Bishop Kelly's also going to play Boise. That is pretty intriguing. That's that's kind of what's going on for the bigger schools. And then as we look down, you know, I talked about this quad match going on at the 3A level. In the 2A ranks, you've got an eight-team conference. There are some schools like Ambrose and North Star Charter that don't play any other sports. Uh, but they do play volleyball. Ambrose does play soccer, I should I should say. But um, you've got Melba playing Parma. That's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, New Plymouth is going to play Homedale. Coal Valley Christian will take on Weezer. Uh, North Star Charter is going to play Centennial Baptist. Um, and Riverstone coming up. Um, Marcin's going to play Riverstone. Nampa Christian, Coal Valley Christian. That's a non-conference match early on in the season. And then... Looking down at the 1A level, we talked about some of the D1 schools there, but the big story to me is Horseshoe Bend was so dominant last year they in were. winning the 1A D2 volleyball title, and they bring back a lot of those same talented players. So it'll be interesting to see. They open their season at Murtaugh on August 27th, so that should be interesting. Yeah, they ran. They kind of, they kind of just ran through everything, and this is a conference last, you know, that that produced Tri Valley two years ago, and then Horseshoe Bend this year. Uh, they're they're just on top right now, and then the bit the big matchup we we get it very early on in the season, which is uh, appetizing. Of course, they'll play a second time, but on Monday the 29th, so we we can hop on next week and talk about this match and what happened. Horseshoe Bend is going to host Council, and those are the two heavy favorites oh, in right, that long pin right. conference. So, yeah, that should be fun to see how that one shakes out. I think. They were both just kind of dominant last year, the two of them going neck and neck all season long and even through state. So a couple yeah. of big games to start off the season in multiple sports. Yes, and we will uh, break it all down for you again next week. Thanks for hanging with us here on the Treasure Valley PrepCast. Uh, I know it's a lot to digest, and we flew through some stuff quickly, but we're trying to hit as many different things as we can because we we are off and running. Everybody going to be competing this weekend, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Logan, as always, thanks for hopping on and doing this. Yep, looking forward to this weekend of sports. All right, and as a reminder, you can check out the Game Streams tab at idahosports.com to see everything that is going on in terms of live broadcasts. And, of course, always check on the scores and schedules for all the up-to-date info as well. That'll do it for this edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.